Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. My name is Pastor Chad Shapiro from Ignite Community Church. I want to welcome you to Saba Talks, podcast number three. If you have not gotten a chance to listen to podcast number one or two, make sure to go back and be able to do that. We have an incredible panel here with us today that we're going to get a chance to introduce to you. I'm going to start with Dr. Horn. I'm Daryl Horn, director of Saba. Glad you're listening. I'm Elizabeth Coffey, and I am with the Baptist General Convention of Texas. Omar Martinez, Executive Pastor at Mighty Fortress Church. Uh, Dante Banks, I'm the pastor of God Chasers Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Gary Patterson, pastor of Berean Bible Fellowship, San Antonio, Texas. Thank you all for being here today. And I encourage you to share this out there. Get a chance to like and comment. We would appreciate it. This episode, we're going to be talking about Jesus as a disruptor. And Dr. Patterson, I'm going to turn it over to you to lead us in that. Well, this is an interesting part of it, and I think it's the core of what we're talking about because now we're going to talk about and sit beside the whole idea of Jesus as a disruptor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I, while I was thinking about that uh, on our break, I really thought about some words, and let me just put those out there because I don't want this to degenerate into preaching because all of us want to <laughs> preach here. Oh, preach, but, man. Preach. But let's not do that. <laughs> but let's look at some disruptions. I'm just thinking just out loud. Yeah. Israel church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Israel was not done away with, right. but the program changed to the church, a disruption. Yes. The cross as the center of all human history made a difference pre and post. The cross itself is a disruptor. Mm -hmm. Law and grace Mm -hmm. is a disruptor. The woman at the well was disrupted in that Jesus went through a place that he had no business going through, talking to a woman he had no business talking to about a topic he had no business addressing. Mm -hmm. All while he (laughs) put the church folk to go into town and get something to eat yeah. so he could center and step outside of the boundary lines of the hoodness of how he normally operated or they would allow him to operate so he could focus on this woman who went into the city and disrupted the city and says, come see a man. Yeah, that's so good. Disruption. Yes. Perhaps the more subtle one is the idea of Jesus talking with his disciples around. He says, other sheep I have not up, up this fold. Yeah. They must be brought in. And then he suddenly puts it in the gospel. Go therefore unto all pontitae ethne. That's a disruption because we're moving outside of Israel mm-hmm. to all the people groups across the world. Right. The gospel itself is a disruption. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I want to beg us is not to see disruption as something that's foreign. It's something that really happens all the time. Amen. And that in the fabric of what Jesus did every day, he advocated for disruption without destroying that which was before. Right. I come not to destroy the law, right. Right. Yes, that's right. but to fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be a subtle way of saying sustained innovation mm-hmm. and moving to more disruptive innovation. I show you a, more, a better way. Mm-hmm. You have heard this said. But I say unto you. And in that but I say unto you, again, contains, even in the Sermon of the Mount, a disruptive idea. And so I'd like for us to kind of reflect and have a conversation around watching the Hadadaskalos, the master of instruction, as he disrupts the world 
with the gospel mm. that we might be empowered to disrupt our communities and not be afraid to push away disruption, but to embrace it in a way that brings contextual change. Mm -hmm. So let's go around and what else do you see in the gospel as places where we can identify disruption, either sustaining or disruptive? Let's talk Ooh. about both. I'm, you know, I, I'm just going to jump in. It's, it's um, you know, conviction alone, Holy Spirit, just uh, salvation is, is the disruption of, of an individual. Spirit. Yes, yes, very it much so. It changes your world. It changes your life. You're just, you're in your creation. And um, and that's so powerful because even me as, as a believer, somebody who loves and knows Christ, can continuously get convicted by the, by the Holy Spirit on something that I feel like I still need to, you know, strive to be better mm. for the sake of Christ. And... Uh, and even this, even yesterday, <laughs> you know, just, I mean, it's just pretty, very regularly. So um, I, I, I think that's something how Jesus continues to be and, and the power of his spirit continues to disrupt us. Can I expand that just a minute? Yeah. How about baptism? Mm. The Holy Spirit disrupts a soul and brings a soul yeah. into the church yeah. and brings about all of what you said. And then when we water baptize, we're showing a picture of the disruption that's happened in the life yeah, so that we can Spirit. preach at all of those who are watching <laughs> this divine disruption that just happened mm. in the soul. Yeah. I'm sorry for capturing that, but, no, but it was no, just, so it, was, it was teed up too perfectly <laughs> not to mention that. <laughs> no, Go ahead, so Dante. You, were, it, you had them all. I think the primary thing, though, it, that I thought about as you were speaking is about a need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, uh, simply put, the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have an everlasting life. God saw a need, and Jesus was the disruption to meet a need that, um, for, for whatever reason, wasn't being fulfilled. So Jesus shows up on the scene, jumps off the balcony of heaven, you know, to rescue his people. And this idea that there are still people who need to be rescued. Yeah. And we need to be thinking disruptively about those people who need to be rescued and how we meet that need. I love the idea that Jesus uh, was people focused um and he said this is how i fulfill the law mm. by serving people by mm. loving other people and if you're going to be great in the kingdom this is what it looks like the last time we saw our great and mighty and powerful king he was on his knees washing feet mm. and he said this is what it looks like and and the ones of you that can get this picture mm. the ones of you that can disrupt <laughs> This sort of status quo enough to serve other people. These are the ones of you that are the greatest in the kingdom. That had to be disruptive, especially when you thought our king was coming with a sword and a white horse to mm -hmm. take over everything mm -hmm. and and to kill Caesar and take over the Roman Empire. And then all of a sudden, you find this carpenter's son <laughs> on his knees yeah. washing feet. Yeah, and this is the king. Yeah, this is the king. Um, I just think that's so that. That in itself, the picture of who maybe the Jews uh, or Israel thought who Jesus was going to be or the Messiah was going to be and who Jesus was and what he showed us about how to deal with each other, to me, that 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 is disruption personified. 
this summer, um, we at um, my church, we were going through Baptist Way uh, Press's uh, Ten Commandment series. And I- I'm saying this as a millennial because I think a lot of people assume because of my age and the, maybe even the way I look and who I am, uh, that I would have a hard time with Ten Commandments or the law. And, um, and I got to co-teach this, and I think it was transformative for me to be able to see um, and, and learn how to articulate in a way um, that grace and what Jesus did made the law make sense, but grace was the vehicle f- and the law is the vehicle for grace, that it's this like beautiful dance between the two that we're not talking about behavior modification, right? You have heard it said, but... I say, uh, we're talking about a deep penetration of paradigm shifts in the way that we're talking about uh, sanctification and holiness and the, how that plays out in everyday decisions between people and the way I love people, the way I love God, and the way I care for myself. That this isn't just simply don't do this and do this. It is a complete mental shift. And that's what the disruption is, right? That on the outside, I may be making the same decisions I was making when I I was simply defining it as a behavior modification. But what's changed is why I do that. Mm -hmm. And um, what I genuinely, that this is an expression of not just what I believe, but my identity, that I am this. It is an expression of who I am. And I love that Jesus made all that makes sense, not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles, that this was no longer just law for one set of group of people. It was grace for all and the expression of grace through a law that now could be made uh, available to everyone. It makes sense no matter um, your cultural background at the time. And now for us, no matter um, our previous ethic or our previous morality, we come together here mm-hmm. at the intersection of law and grace, and right. that truly is disruptive, still continues to be. Mm-hmm. It was then, it is now. I love Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, for me, also, the on the opposite side of the coin, who was he disrupting? The Pharisees were mm-hmm. kind of guarding their territory, so to speak, and, and, and going forward and... 2020 in our churches to reach the lost. You know, sometimes we have the, the habit of guarding the way we've done things in the past too much yeah, instead good. of going out there and and realizing that it's not about uh, title or it's not about mm-hmm. the people we're used to, a country club. It's about reaching the lost just as Jesus was and disrupting and, and making a, a, a change in that manner of, of not guarding, but to be able to realize why we are really there mm-hmm. to be able to go out and serve that unreached people group and exactly what Jesus did. That's right. And just the fearlessness. I mean, think about that, like how fearless Jesus was, I, I, I think about that often, even sometimes when I want to tie three ropes together and tear the church up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, I think about the fearlessness of, of Jesus uh, with his mission and, uh, you know, what he knew he was here to do. Um, he was so fearless to the point of, I'm, I have this mission, I have this job to do, and I'm going to do this job. And if it feels like a disruption to you, I'm sorry. But he, he, I, I just think about that idea that, you know, in his, in his metron, in his, in his area of operation, he was just so fearless. And I think in order to be disruptive, you, there's a certain level of fearlessness you got to have, right? Like you got to carry this yes. fearlessness with you that, you know, I, I come to do the work of the Lord and this is what I'm called to do. And this is the vision that God has given me. And um, 
I, I don't know. I just, I, I almost want to encourage um, people to be more fearless um, in, in being a disruptor. If, if that's what God called you to do, step out. Um, encourage yourself, pat yourself on the back and, and, and get to the place where um, you can do, you can look like Jesus as he was. So are we on the earth? Let me introduce a topic and, and just for a few minutes, we've got a few minutes left. That's kind of the dark side of this. Hmm. If we could go there just for a few minutes, then we'll come back up on the lighter <laughs> side. But what's the cost right now? Right here. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. There's some kind of collateral damage, right? That might well, that. I guess I'm asking the group to consider Jesus yeah. the cost of discipleship, as you just talked about, right. taking that risk. Right. Because there's not always a positive payoff. Right. Somebody had to look down from the cross every once in a while right. and mm-hmm. say, Father, forgive them because they know not what they're right. doing. Yeah. There's right. a cost sometimes yeah. to, decide, to, to disrupt. Uh, and in business, it's the same way. So I'm wondering, as leaders, as we take the risk you just talked about, Dante, yep. how do we consider the cost to dare to disrupt, mm. to go where we need to go and be who we need to be? Well, um, in considering that, um, studying disruptive innovation, I came up, I came to the conclusion one of many, that if you're going to be a disruptive innovator, then you're going to have to weather the storm of criticism because people will think that you're trying to tear down um, what they built over time when, in essence, you're, you're not doing that. Jesus gave the commandment, uh, a new commandment I give you, to love one another, to, to go this direction. But I, I think also about Paul in the book of Acts. He got frustrated with the Jews. Right, right. And at some point he said, I'm going to go on to the Gentiles. Right. And, and he made that shift. And Paul was persecuted. That's right. I mean, you, you look at 2 Corinthians 11. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. But he stayed on course. Right. He knew what the course was. The... Um, the path that God had called him to follow. But there is a price to pay. Yeah. And to be successful in a sense of fulfilling or allowing that disruptive innovation to take a life of its own, you have to be able to weather the storm. Right. And sometimes that comfort, like, like Paul and Silas in the prison, there's nobody else around. Yeah. You know, the only comfort you have is from God, knowing that you're doing what God called you to do. But it sure looks dark, and, you know, it's sure painful being beat up. Sometimes for us it's just words, but for them, being literally beaten for the message that they were proclaiming, yeah. even the message that overcame uh, the demonic force that was in that girl. When they... They used the the power of Christ to cast out that demon, that went against the culture of of that of that city, but they paid the price for it. But God showed up in the end. Yeah, I think I think that that price is something that as 
churches and pastors and social media can actually harm us in some ways because we think everybody else is just uh, getting straight up to the right, that there's no price they paid, that they just had success in their innovation that they've come up with and, and there was no struggle to it. But in reality, there was a struggle to it. It did take time. Um, they did have people question them along the way, just like you and I are going to have those same questions. And to be able to leap forward, we have to bend our knees. So we're actually going down in order to come up. And the more that we expect that, the more that we understand that there's that price, um, the more we will weather those storms at the beginning and be able to lead that out, not just for ourselves and our uh, and our church, but the congregation and them outreaching to their community and beyond, whatever they might be participating in. Yeah, you asked what what the cost was, and I'll, I'll get a little personal here because I mean, th- those of you in this room know that um, our church is a little disruptive. Uh, I, I'll say, <laughs> um, our church was intentionally disruptive because we saw that there was a market that was not being served, and so we we did a a lot of things initially to try to serve a certain market, and I do compare it to. Um, Paul's, uh, in Acts chapter 15, him going to essentially argue, the Bible says from morning to night, they argued about whether or not to circumcise uh, Gentiles. And this was a whole thing. And they went back and forth. And at the end of the day, um, I don't think everybody totally agreed, but they allowed Paul to create another lane, to create another river. He disrupted that 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 space. And then in Galatians, he sort of explains it out where he says, and for that, I've been crucified. So what's the cost? Death. But he said, I've been crucified with Christ. Not So I don't live anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. And if we're, if you're going to be a disruptor, you have to Yes, the cost is death. It's dying to yourself. It's dying to what people think about you, what people think about you. Uh, it's t- dying to some predilections, and it, it's dying to fear. It's, it's, it's dying to that to that idea that um, that <laughs> that that idea that I cannot do this. I can do all things to Christ who. Through Christ who strengthens me. So, um, yeah, I think the, that that's the cause. Well, I, I mentioned that so that when we take the risk, we don't deceive ourselves. Right. Because there's a cost to change. And I think to think through and anticipate what some obstacles may be, we can prepare for them. Jesus said it this way, screamed out at me as you were talking about that, Dante. It is the whole idea, deny yourself. And then he uses the phrase, take up your cross. Take up your cross, that's right. Then follow me. And I think he's preparing us, not for just everything positive and everything's going to go well, but how to exist in the dungeon for a little while. Because Mm -hmm. I, I think the doctrine teaches, Elizabeth, that sometimes there's a little dungeon movement before it takes off to success. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. in the doctrine, Christensen talked about, it doesn't change all at once. It changes slowly at time and moves, as you said, moves mm. upward mm. in that yeah. way. So so great. Just in recap, as we get ready to close podcast number three, I'm just going to go around the table. Closing I, thoughts. I, I think one of the things that stood out to me in the discussion is um, Jesus's command to go to all the all the people groups of the earth? That's uh, that was gospel centered 
for Jews, mm-hmm. but Jesus is breaking that paradigm mm-hmm. and saying this is for everybody. Mm-hmm. No matter your language, your cultural background, your heritage, where you grew up in the earth, everybody gets to hear. Everybody gets to be a part of it. And, I, and breaking that paradigm, I, I think, is significant. I think the thing that I'm leaving with today is what this requires. This requires a radical discernment of the movement of the Holy Spirit, uh, a closeness to the movement of God and direction from God, because we can function on a lot of assumptions, and we can function and and ebb and flow with the comments and criticisms of people around us. But if we're dedicated to the mo- to the gospel. Um, at the pace and movement of the Spirit, then it requires a radical discernment of that to the point where Jesus, up to his dying moment, did not did not give up. He turned and he invited a man on the cross next to him into paradise, so which is a disruption. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think I, just noticing that Jesus disrupting mankind and individuals is been happening for a very long time and i'm looking forward to continuing to happen amen i I think um as a final thought gary patterson's got me feeling all emotional right now but uh, as a final thought i I do think about the cost of Mm. disruption and i think about the fact that there was only one disciple at the cross Mm. thousands of people followed one disciple at the cross Mm. yeah that's good you know and sometimes it's going to feel like that I, i you know, Netflix was started in 1997. Nobody knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we only know about what now. we watch right now. Yeah. But there is something, there is this idea that it might only be one disciple at the cross, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there is a cost to that disruption. But, That's good. you know, if I'm, hey, Jesus said, if you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's valuable. Mm-hmm. I think that's valuable. Something that came out of the fog to me that the cross is the disruptor of all human history. That's mm-hmm. right. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's right. Powerful, powerful. So that'll wrap us up for podcast number three of Saba Talks. I encourage you to share this and like and comment and look forward to listening to podcast number four coming up soon. Take care and God bless you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Saba Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches 